0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Broadway Battles, the best quiz show about a musical you've never seen. I'm your host and resident musical theater expert Haley Slammon. Just to let you know a little about myself if you haven't listened before, I'm an Oakland School for the Arts alumni. I have a BA in musical theater from Columbia College, Chicago. I've been singing and performing in musicals for the last 10 years and I've loved them forever, so I promise you're in good hands. So today I have a very special show to me and that means I have a very good friend for you all to meet. Sarah Dickey is a Chicago based theater teaching artist, stage manager, director, and analyst. She's also an artistic associate at the Artistic Home in Chicago. Please give your warmest internet welcome to Sarah Dickey. Hey, hello. How's it going, Sarah? It's going awesome. I am so excited for this. I'm so glad that you're excited because I have a great show. But before we get into that, tell the people a little bit about yourself. What have you been doing for work and stuff? It's been a while since we've talked. I've really missed you.
1: Yeah, I've missed you so much. So I've been stage managing around the city. My next show is going to be Chicago at Chicago High School for the Arts.
0: I did it when I was like 14 and it was one of the funnest shows I've ever been in.
1: Oh my god, I'm so excited to stage manage it. Because I mean, I've told you a few times before, I'm very picky with my musicals. I used to say a lot, I don't much anymore. But I used to say I only like musicals with a meaning, which is super pretentious. But you know, I don't listen to many musicals. But I mean, I'm in love with Town. Who isn't? Next to Normal is my jam, but I have never like listened to know the plot of Kinky Boots at all. And just from the name, I'm just really excited to be here.
0: (laughs) Well, I am so excited to tell you about this show. It's honestly one of my favorite shows. I would like to lovingly describe it as hairspray times a thousand. Oh, I'm ready. Well, if you're ready, let's get started then. We've already talked a little bit about how this is going to go, but let me just explain the rules for anyone that's new here or hasn't listened before. On each episode of Broadway Battles, I tell my friend the plot of a musical they've never seen, as well as show them the musical numbers and tell them some neat facts about the show. At the end, we'll rank the best and worst songs, give our impressions an overall rating one to 10, and talk about if we'd pay to go see it. That's the easy part of what we're doing today, Sarah. I just want your opinions. Along the way though, I've written some questions for you. They're about important dates, names in the show, lyrics, plot points, whatever I thought was like interesting and fun to make a question about. And you're going to have to use your overall theater skills to guess them. They will have multiple choice answers. You'll have a fair chance. If you get questions correct, you'll get bragging points. And you can use these bragging points to tell people how cool you are once you leave the show. But if you get the questions all wrong, you'll be a theater failure and you must leave the show in (laughs) shame. Never turn. Because you have terrible guessing skills and I don't want you on my show. (laughs) well the stakes are clearly very high you know it wouldn't be a very interesting show if we did it and just got no questions correct like i will still air it but i wouldn't want you on the show again that's just my honest opinion oops that's fair as always if you have any questions you should ask your stage manager but we don't have the budget to hire a stage manager sarah so it's me you can ask your questions to me oh But I want to be your stage manager. Okay, go on. (laughs) Oh, I mean, well, we are accepting (laughs) applications if you'd like to work on Broadway Battles for credit and love and affection. (laughs) Or in the interim, you can just throw out whatever questions you have. And if you have any fun theater facts, stories, or upcoming events, feel free to share those as well. We will have a shameless plug section at the end of the episode. For now, though, do you need anything cleared up before we start?
1: No, I am ready.
0: Okay, then I think we're ready. Let's play Broadway Battles! Woo! Let's get into some musical background for this, Sarah. All question right. number one. What year did Kinky Boots premiere as a musical? Now, this is a range question, so if you get the answer within five years of the actual answer, you'll get one point. But if you nail it, you will get five whole points to start off with.
1: Okay, I am taking an educated guess here because it feels like a very 80s
0: musical. So I'm going to be safe and say 1985. Oh, sweetheart. No, 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 oh, no God! No. You do not get any points because this musical came what? out in 2012. Wait, what? This is an 80s musical in that it is based in the 80s, but it is actually oh. a pastiche. Oh, well, I got that horribly wrong. It's okay. This is why we're here, to learn. Kinky Boots is actually based on a 2005 British comedy movie of the same name that was written by Geoff Dean and Tim Firth, directed by Julian Gerald, and it's based on the true story of Steve Pateman. I don't want to get into the plot too much, but we'll say it's like a story of a hard times businessman who saves his factory by moving into a new niche market. Uh, oh, okay. Yep, that's what I'm giving you as a start. Producer Daryl Roth famous for Caroline or Change, August Osage County, many, many famous musicals, and producer Hal Luftig, who's famous for musicals like Catch Me If You Can and Beetlejuice. They both saw this show at Sundance And they loved it. They were like, we want to make a musical out of it. The next year, 2006, they immediately got the rights for it. They started building their creative team. They first hired Jerry Mitchell as their choreographer and director. People who watched the Legally Blonde episode know he's famous for Legally Blonde, Hairspray, many other famous high-energy musicals. Harvey Fierstein wrote the script to it. He's famous for writing La Cage A and Newsies, but he's most famous for being a performer. Specifically, he's the original Edna Turnblad in Hairspray. Uh-huh. And then, of course, we have the score. Kinky Boots in 2010, hired Cyndi Lauper as its songwriter. You may know her as the Girls Just Wanna Have Fun woman. Yeah, I know her. But she actually is a very prestigious artist. She has won many Grammys. She's written several huge pop hits, not just Girls Wanna Have Fun. And before this, she actually performed on Broadway in a three-penny opera in 2006. But this is her musical theater writing debut. So we have this star-studded creative team. We finally get to our pre-Broadway run, which is the 2012 opening. In 2012, from October 2nd to November 4th, Kinky Boots ran in Chicago at the B of A Theater. It starred Stark Sands and Billy Porter who followed the show to Broadway, And because we have the creative team and because creative people are important, I'm going to tell you all their names. David Rockwell is the set designer, Greg Barnes is the costume designer, and Kenneth Posner is the lighting designer. These are all like, Jerry Mitchell's boys is a thing I found out. Like, David Rockwell did the set for Hairspray, Greg Barnes did Drowsy Chaperone. They basically have formed this creative team and have started working together and it has led to some very cool collaborations.
1: I've heard of that uh, with teams like that, like with Mary Zimmerman as well.
0: We have... John Shiver's doing sound design as well, and orchestrations slash music director are done by Stephen Oremus. I actually found out in doing research for this show that how Cyndi Lauper would write for this show is she would sing melodies into her iPhone, and Stephen Oremus was doing all the work of just, like, blowing those up into a musical <sighs> theater score. Yes! So, they had this Chicago run, it did pretty successfully, and they learned a couple things, they workshopped a couple things. Eventually, they moved to Broadway, running previews from March 3rd 2013 to April 4th 2013 when they officially opened. They revised a few songs from the Chicago show. The songs that I found that were cut from the Chicago show were called Beware the Black Widow, I Come to the Rescue, and So Long Charlie. Two of those songs got replaced by other songs. Oh, Now I'm really curious. Stark Sands and Billy Porter were still starring in the Broadway cast. They also had Annalie Ashford join them as the, like, third trio powerhouse in the leads. And this was, like, one of the first things that she really got, I would say, famous for. She had done several other Broadway productions before this, but this was the first one she got, like, very good critical reviews in. Other than that, the only thing I can tell you about the Broadway production is it actually just closed very recently on April 7th, 2019. And that was after running for 43 previews and 2,507 performances. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Other than that, this is a pretty new show, so there's not a whole lot of musical background for it. It's had a couple international productions, it's had a West End production, it's had a touring production, and they've all done fine. But the Broadway production was very successful, and it really just has been a good show ever since. Mm, I am so intrigued. So with that all being said and out of the way, let's get into the plot. The show opens with the song The Most Beautiful Thing in the World, and it's one of those introduce everyone numbers. It shows the front of this factory that's called Price and Sons, and it plays a little jingle for Price and Sons Shoes that advertises sturdy, sensible shoes for the everyday man. And we see a young child, who is Charlie Price, in front of the store with his dad. And we learn very quickly that he's the fourth generation in a family of shoemakers. And his dad is trying to teach him about, like, the factory and the family business of making shoes. And Charlie really isn't having any of it. (laughs) Which brings us to question number two. What town is the Price and Sons factory located? Is it A. London, B. Sussex, C, Manchester, or Northampton.
1: Oh, man. Again, um those are
0: London, Sussex, Manchester, and Northampton.
1: A guess
0: with no context at all, I'm going to say Sussex. It's a good guess, but it's actually in Northampton. Okay. So it's just a small factory town. It becomes kind of, you know, a thing. So that's all happening at the shoe factory. Meanwhile, in this song, we also meet another young boy who does think the most beautiful thing in the world are shoes, but only a pair of red high heels. And his dad really doesn't approve. And that's kind of just the short little scene we get, but he'll be very important later. So this all happens. We see these two young boys learning about what they want to be in the world and what they want out of life. And then we quickly have this time change where years pass and we meet grown-up Charlie, played by Stark Sands, and his girlfriend Nicola, played by Lena Hall. Charlie's dad is talking to him and really wants him to stay in Northampton and take over the company, but Charlie is like, No, that's what you want, Dad. <laughs> I want to move to London and market real estate with my girlfriend.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, go, kid, and then I was like, oh. You know, well?
0: I'm not here All to say right. what people want as their life goals. It's fine. <laughs> Do you, my dude. So his dad eventually gives him his blessing, gives them a big toast, and gives him this weird shoe speech to, like, send him <laughs> off on his journeys like a man's shoes. They, <laughs> they talk about his journey, but only a man's heart can take him on the right path. And Charlie, <gasps> my shoes never fail to point you back home. What have I gotten myself into? <laughs> so that's really all that happens in the first number. We're gonna take a listen to the most beautiful thing in the world and start this show off. Okay. It sounds cultish. It's just a sensible shoe company, Sarah. I mean, like, stars are pretty, too. Maybe a rainbow. Look, I know sometimes people use precious as, like, an insult, but I think this show is precious. Who uses precious as an insult? People who are like, it's over precious. It's too sensitive and small.
1: Nothing is too sensitive and small
0: i just i think this show is precious in the biggest of ways
1: oh i would have to agree (laughs) oh my god
0: yeah did you think you could get as hyped about a song about shoes as you are they're just shoes guys they're just shoes we're really into shoes in this musical so charlie has his toast his shoe journey begins and he immediately just goes off to london to live with nicola and be boring ha you thought his dad dies immediately (gasps) jesus okay yeah we're not pulling any punches we're also not letting him be boring anymore no more boring charlie yeah i mean death isn't boring so yes charlie learns that his dad has died and he has to immediately take all his crap and go back to northampton because he has to deal with what's going to become of the factory what's going to happen to all of his friends who work there and when he goes back he's put in charge he's the new mr price And he learns that their shoes haven't been doing so well, Sarah. A lot of stores that have been ordering them have actually been sending back their stock and they have a whole year of supply that they just haven't sold to anyone. Oh my god!
1: How do you- I shouldn't say how do you fuck up shoes because I've bought a lot of crappy shoes.
0: So here's what you learn. They're not fucking up shoes. Charlie learns that his dad has been having these orders come back occasionally and that he's kind of just tried to make it work to keep the factory going and to keep all his employees, you know, fed and in a job. So he has occasionally sold off his stock to a discount shoe supplier, which Charlie then goes back to London to meet with. He meets with this friend who runs a discount shoe store. Harry who is played by Andy Kelso, by the way, tells Charlie a valuable business lesson, we'll say. No one wants nice, well-made expensive shoes anymore. They're too expensive. They last too long, so sellers don't want to sell them when they can just get cheap knockoff versions that are going to break down so the people need to buy a new pair anyway. Did this guy found H&M? Yes, (laughs) clearly. He's the precursor to H&M. So yeah, Charlie's shoes are going out of style. They're not fashionable or trendy, so no one wants them. They're fit well and they're really comfy and they don't break down, but that's not really what anyone wants to buy or sell at the moment. And so Charlie's product is just kind of screwed. And so Charlie needs some way to keep this factory going. He offers to sell off his shoes at cost or at the cost of making them to Harry. And Harry says, your dad has helped my dad. I'll help you out. But this is really just like a temporary thing. And if you're going to make good decisions, you need to get on the right path and you have to take what you got. So they sing a song called Take What You Got. That's very much just about the changing times. And what am I going to do in this situation where I'm kind of becoming out? outdated so yeah okay then it's not a super important song for the plot in the show but it's a nice emotional moment for charlie so let's take all right to take what you got we're gonna get deep gentrification the
1: song yeah gentrification a song i live in chicago so i got this Charlie's ready to go. The music grows, and I'm more inspired. Here I go! Except not. Oh. Well,
0: he he did the long note hole. Nope. Oh. Oh, wow. So... Charlie's able to sell some of his shoes, but he's still kind of in a crap situation with the factory. He doesn't really know what to do. Harry has not given him great advice. As you can expect from a man who takes his shoes off in bars. Yeah! Again! What the heck? Charlie leaves the bar. We assume he's going back home to Nicola, maybe. It's unclear where he's going, but it doesn't matter because he's not getting there. Because along the way, as Charlie's leaving the bar, he sees two drunks attacking a woman. And being the oh. stand-up guy that Charlie is, he tries to help out, but the woman is like, I can handle this myself, and swings a high-heeled boot, which accidentally hits yes! Charlie in the face and knocks him out.
1: Oh, well, <laughs>
0: yes. at least you got hit by
1: a cute chew.
0: What we learn is this woman is actually Billy Porter, who is working as a drag queen at a nearby nightclub. Billy Porter's in this show? Billy Porter's in this show. Yes! Yes! <laughs> So, question number three. Billy Porter is playing a drag queen. What is this character's drag name? Is it A, I... Lola, B, Jessica, C, Sadie, or D, Diane? Why do you ask me this before I watch it? I have no idea. Because this is what the game is. You have to ah! use your beautiful guessing skills.
1: Oh, my God. Um
0: let's go with lola it is lola sarah you <gasps> get it yes <laughs> score we've got you on the board with one point for lola one whole point I, I i only think the high score is like five or something and you have plenty of questions to get through so don't lose <laughs> hope so lola Stashes Charlie backstage because she has an opening number to sing. She has a job to get to. We don't have time to take care of strange men we hit with our shoes. Why did she bring her backstage? Okay, I'll see it in the show. Lola sings her opening number, Land of Lola. It's a showstopper. I don't know what else to tell you. Billy Porter's phenomenal. Of course. We have this beautiful number. And then Lola goes backstage to check on Charlie while she's also changing. She has another number to get to, goddammit. In their, you know, exchange, their, oh, you saved me. Oh, you're a gentleman. We also learn that Lola's heel broke while hitting Charlie with it. (gasps) Oh, no. And Charlie, being the stand-up guy he is, says, I'll fix it for you. I happen to be a shoe man. And so Lola is like, oh, my God. Thank goodness. It is so hard to find drag shoes. They're so expensive. And they're also just really cheaply made. Like, they always break. I can't find heels to hold me up. And so you're maybe seeing (gasps) the the gleams gleams of the plot. Yes! Oh, I'm so excited! We have this little conversation that sets the plot in motion, but then Lola has to get back on stage and do the Land of Lola reprise number. It's... I would say less of a reprise and more of a song scene. She's doing <laughs> strange box performance. And meanwhile, Charlie like runs out of the club and goes back to the factory and starts trying to deal with what's left of the remains of his family business. He starts firing people and no one's happy about that and that's not gonna work. And so one of the workers whose name is Lauren... And she's of course played by Annalie Ashford because she's one of the few workers with a name. She tells him that he needs to change the product. He needs to find a niche market that will actually buy what they're trying to sell because no one wants to buy these crappy shoes. He's going crazy about how is he going to save the business that he doesn't even want to run? How is he going to stop people from losing their jobs? He stands up Nicola for like an engagement reservation on oh my their wedding God. venue. He's just flailing. He's underwater. He doesn't know what to do. He's having this conversation with Nicola about their wedding and trying to, you know, salvage some of that when he suddenly maybe has an epiphany about a niche market that he could sell oh my- a product for.
1: Oh my god.
0: I assume it's supposed to be, like, the reason Lola's performance is happening is it's showing it happen over multiple nights, if that makes sense. Like, it's showing him in one place running around and doing all these crazy things, and then in another place Lola is just doing the same show every night, rocking her business. I kind of think that is how this is supposed to play okay Um, in general i just think the whole segment at the nightclub is a very show-stopping hot dynamic number and billy porter just gets to kill it at all times
1: oh i am so excited to watch billy porter
0: well then let's take a gander at land of lola and land of lola reprise and see billy porter in all of his crowning glory
1: these transitions are way too seamless like it's Shocking to me Someone
0: really thought through this show And it makes me so happy
1: I it's love true. it
0: I appreciate that Billy Porter Also needs a head mic like through his hair Because his cheeks get too sweaty by the way I am a person who needs a head mic Like Billy Porter has
1: That is something that as a non-performer I just like Your yeah. cheeks get
0: sweaty? I, cheeks sweat? I dance and my whole face gets sweaty But if you Yeah okay that hair, makes sense a better chance This is what that little boy grew into. The best boy grows into Billy Porter. (gasps) Oh my goodness! The best boy is Billy Porter! That is correct. But see, is this a reprise? (laughs) No, it's not a reprise. Like 0%, right? 0% reprise. It is 100% called Land of Lola reprise. This is, in no
1: form, a reprise. I
0: hate it so much. Like, this might be my least favorite thing about the show, and I didn't even know that it was a thing I was supposed to be mad about until I did this research. I don't even know how I'm gonna put any of this audio in, because I really want to, but fun fact, this reprise isn't even on the album.
1: That's lame. It's hella lame.
0: Billy Porter is so perfect! Truly, it is just... What, 12 and a half minutes of Billy Porter being a queen? The queen? Yes, and what else do you need in life? Drag shoes that hold you up, clearly. Yeah, they gotta stand up to Billy Porter! Since obviously we were all put in awe of Billy Porter's greatness, Charlie Price also put in awe of Billy Porter's greatness, wants to make shoes for him.
1: I mean, I guess I'll give him credit that he was tangentially thinking of Billy Porter while his fiance was calling him and he was standing her up. So I guess I'll give him that.
0: (laughs) Yes, it's true. He can't keep his mind on his fiance because he's too enamored with Billy Porter. He goes all the way back to London again. And he actually takes Lauren, I guess because it was her idea to fill a niche market, you know. It's so Lauren can meet Billy Porter, let's be real. And so he takes her to London, and together they pitch their shoe idea that they want to make well-made heels for women who are men. Okay. So Charlie pitches this idea to Lola. Can I take your measurements and may I make a mock-up? And if the mocks do well and if this is actually a niche market that they can sell to, Charlie wants to take the new boots to market at the International Shoe Exhibition. Ooh. Question number four. Oh, God. Where is the International Shoe Exhibition <sighs> held? Jesus. Is it A, in Paris, B, in New York City, C, Milan, or D, Good old London. Oh, oh, wait, oh God, um. Paris, New York City, Milan, or London.
1: I'm gonna go with New York City because musical.
0: You'd think New York City because musical, and you might even think New York City because fashion week. But where else would you show shoes? But in the country shaped like a boot, it is in Milan, Italy. Oh my god, I should have figured that out. It's okay. You still have one point on the board and plenty of time to get some questions. So, we have this international shoe festival. And Charlie wants to make drag queen heels based on Lola's feet. And Lola, of course, says, yes, take my feet. I have two requirements. Yes, take my feet. Lola gets to keep the pair of shoes that they make. The first pair of shoes. And of course, sure. And her second requirement make them red oh i love it so charlie goes back to the factory with his measurements and these two requirements and he gets to work and we have a couple solo charlie numbers he has the back-to-back songs charlie's soliloquy and step one wait i'm sorry he has a song named charlie's soliloquy he has two songs named charlie's soliloquy we'll get to oh my god they're Kind of his I want songs, because Charlie has been a character that the whole show hasn't really known what he wants to do. In these numbers, he's kind of like, maybe this can be a thing I get into. Maybe the family business is actually (laughs) the thing I wanted to do. Let's try this. And he gets excited and makes a boot. (laughs) God. So let's get some interpersonal Charlie time. Here are Charlie's two solos, Charlie's soliloquy and step one. I would like to argue that Charlie Price might be the Michael Sarah of musical theater characters. Oh my God, that's why I hate it so much. But like, am I right? Yeah. It's a
1: shoot. Are we gonna real time watch him make a shoot? Because I'm about gonna make to get. A- Oh, Haley! I mean, um,
0: what is real time? No, we're not gonna spend several days watching him. Make okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like to be fair, <laughs> his cutting skills alarm me. He was just going very wildly. Likely, he was trained right. Like you were a child here. How do you not know how to do this? I don't even understand what this machine does. What? What just happened? I don't know. What? What? That's not... What? <laughs> okay, but can you really say that that's not how a shoe works? Do you know how a shoe works? Because I fucking No, don't. I don't. I don't. It could be. But I really hope he doesn't leave it with a bright yellow sole. That's ugly. That's a look. Yeah. I don't think Lola would like that. Now it has a heel on it, right? Like that was oh, a transition. Oh, no, when did that happen? Transition.
1: I fucking love good transitions, man. Oh,
0: smooth. See, no matter how stupid a musical is, if it has good transitions, I'm here for it. Yeah, to be real, "Kinky Boots" is only helped by its tech.
1: 100% correct. I would be protesting a lot more if this tech
0: wasn't so fun right, to watch. You have a boot. There's a boot! There's a boot! There's a whole boot! It's a whole boot. We made it. One ourselves. whole boot! So, back when we were pitching this boot, we tried to keep Lola away from Northampton, but Lola told us she's not the person that does what anyone wants her to do. So Lola picks up the boot. She comes to Northampton and picks up the boot. She's, oh, yes. immediately mortified. I just want to let you know. Mortified. There are two reasons. This boot is not red. This boot is burgundy. (laughs) Billy Porter, I love you. And furthermore, even worse than it being burgundy, this boot has no heel. And Lola and her group of angels, by the way, her club singers, they're called the angels. Lola and her angels have to teach everyone that the sex is in the heel, Sarah. Oh, which is, of course, the name well, yeah, of her Yeah, he song. just fucked up then. He fucked up. So she draws up a bunch of stiletto designs and is like, this, this is what you need to make. Do it better. Do it better. Do it better. <laughs> Do it better. And Charlie's just freaking out. He's like, stiletto heels are impossible to make for men. They will never work, and his brilliant shoe scientists, the people who actually work in the factory and know what they're doing are like, Charlie, wait, we can do this thing. We need to make like a special metal piece that goes all the way through the shoe, and it will hold up anyone. Okay. So this is the inspiration number that starts actually saying, oh, we're not just going to make boots. We're going to make stiletto boots for drag queens, and it's time to get to work because we need the sex in the heel.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: Sarah, this song was a club hit. Wow. This song reached the top 10 on the Billboard club hits.
1: Heck yeah. And that dance is the dance that everyone knows. It goes worldwide like Soldier Boy. Kinky Boots,
0: the new Soldier Boy. Yes. (laughs) Please. Part of me is like, yes. Mitchell, this isn't your best choreography. This is just a lot of like people walking around in heels. And then I'm like, but they're wearing crazy stilettos. Yeah. I can't even walk in stilettos. Yeah. God, this must be exhausting in stilettos. Oh my God. Again, it's kind of like hairspray where every number is a production number and they all have like 18 women dancing in heels. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm crying. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. I think this show is visually stunning. So now we have a plan and we have some shoe designs and Lola's really just ready to like, give up her shoe designs and bounce. She's calling a cab for her girls outside and- No, Lola,
1: get money get money for these designs <laughs> what are you doing
0: capitalize on your talent no nope, Lola's just happy to like have some good shoes out in the world but charlie is like lola hey wait yo i want you to be my designer come back charlie yes charlie oh my god i don't hate him and lola actually says that she's already escaped a small town once and she doesn't want to do it again she's very tentative to come back to quote unquote a place like this And Charlie gives her this what-if speech, you're gonna look back on this as the moment some crazy guy asked you to make shoes for drag queens. And yeah, you could walk out on me and think I'm crazy, but what if, Lola? What if you had taken that chance? You're gonna look back and you're gonna think, Would my life have been different? And she's like, "Oh damn!" And she agrees. Three weeks. Three weeks until the international shoe exhibition. I will stay. I will design your shoes. Amazing. Meanwhile, the factory starts cranking out these boots. Lola's working. We've got some designs turning out. We're making a few, you know, prototypes. And Charlie wants to thank Lauren for all of her help with making this idea happen. You know, he had the idea, but Lauren's that person who like told him to get his shit together and actually. Form a plan so he wants to take her off the production line off the factory floor and move her into like executive work He wants her to help plan this fashion show and while this is going on Lauren confesses that she's got a little bit of a crush question number five
1: oh, no.
0: Who does Lauren have a crush on no? Is it a Don the fat factory worker oh, yeah. B, does she have a crush on Charlie no G, Does she have a crush on lola or G, <gasps> does she have a crush on nicola charlie's girlfriend make it gay <laughs> <laughs> it could be gay don <laughs> charlie lola and nicola are your options who does lauren have a crush on who is Annalie ashford's heart pitter pattering for well
1: i don't think she's really met nicola much so i'm gonna they, they I, no matter, matter how
0: like the same small town they do all know each
1: oh yes. oh my god oh my god this changes just, the game to keep
0: your little gay dreams out there alive it is feasible the reason charlie is so dedicated to saving this factory and like saving all these people's jobs is because they're his friends he knows them he doesn't just want to send them out on the street
1: okay You know, I do want to guess Nicola, but I also know the world that we live in. And I know that that gay isn't that easy. We already have some gay in here. They couldn't add more. That would be too much. So by process of elimination, I'll take take her out. But to keep just a little bit of spice alive in my heart and to thoroughly reject what I really think the answer is, I am going to go with Lola.
0: I really appreciate your sticking to that answer because no, it's not how the musical works. She does have a with uh, Charlie, because it's a scumbag. Uh,
1: like, okay, please know that I could have guessed that and been right, but I didn't want
0: to because god dang it, no. You know, I thought I'd try to give you an easy question, but it's okay. You want to reject those points? You want to go for the hard points? people guess? <laughs> I reject that point because I don't want your heteronormativity. <laughs> Well, I'm very sorry to tell you that heteronormativity (laughs) is all we have here at the Annalee Ashford show. (laughs) Because Annalee Ashford's literal only song in this show is called The History of Wrong Guys. Oh, God. Honey, just go for Nicola. (laughs) And so Lauren sings this song about, oh, fuck. I have a crush on this boy who has a girlfriend and I hate my life. And it's such a mood and it is... 100% Cyndi Lauper like when you hear this song you're gonna be like, oh Cyndi Lauper wrote this musical And I think it's perfect. It's comic relief. It's witty lyrics. It's dumb accents and fun gimmicks just because it's fun Oh, bring it on (laughs) So here's Lauren's sad unrequited love song. This is the history of wrong guys. Oh my god, I have to tell you something really silly okay i wanted to know what lauren's necklace was for a really long time Uh uh-huh it's her name oh my god (laughs) lauren is one of those girls who wears a necklace of her name incredible i love her (laughs) look there's a little annalee ashford in all of us okay but those little like facial things she does like big mood she twitching yeah she's twitching (laughs) Like she even knows how dumb this heteronormative bullshit is. Sarah, she's saying it for you. Okay, fair. This part, it sounds so Cindy Lauper.
1: Oh wow, hi Cindy. Hello. C- oh, Cindy Lauper is raining on to me.
0: Yeah, I think she really tried. She was like, I will make each song totally different and I'm really gonna focus on each character having songs that sound like them and this character will be me. Yep. Yeah, Lauren's just a dumbstruck little puppy. Yeah. She's in love. I mean, she's not happy about it, but she's in love. What you gonna do?
1: cannot believe... She could have been gay.
0: I know. I wanted to throw that answer in just because I knew you would appreciate the headcanon. Like, I want the show where Lauren wants Nicola. Just saying. I know! But unfortunately, we don't have that. We just have this factory and we have some shoes. Back at the factory, most of the guys are not very happy about working for the gays. Oh my god! And so, there's a bit of commotion. Lola shows up to work out of drag dressed as a man and it's the first time anyone at the factory has seen this and it causes a bit of kerfuffle. They talk a lot of shit to her and Lola goes and hides in the bathroom and Charlie has to come and we have a real talk moment because Lola locks herself in the men's bathroom. So Charlie comes in and we learn a lot about Lola and her backstory. We learn that Both Charlie and Lola had fathers who pushed them to do something that they didn't want to do and were like living their dreams through their children. Okay. Question number six. What did Lola's father train him to be as a young boy? Was he A, trained to be a boxer, B, a cricket player, C, a wrestler, or D, D, a race car driver.
1: Wow, once again, I don't know, but I'm gonna go with a guess because one of the last shows I did was Requiem for a Heavyweight at the Artistic Home. It did really well, and so I'm gonna go with Boxer.
0: Sarah, I have some good news for you. You might- Oh my God! In the very first number, when a cute little boy is strutting around in his red heels, he has a bag. And that bag (gasps) has a pair of boxing gloves attached to it. Oh my god! We have this beautiful duet called Not My Father's Son. You're gonna cry. There is another like showstopper moment that I think some people would argue is the better tearjerker. I love this song. I think it's incredibly well written. And I think the sentiment is not only very moving, but very nuanced. We have this beautiful number. Everyone cries. At the end of it, Lola reintroduces himself to Charlie as that small boy from a small town in Clacton, which is where Lola is from. Mm -hmm. Question number seven. What is Lola's real name that he introduces himself as? A. Michael, B. Simon, C. Daniel, or D. Albert?
1: Well, we're just gonna make a good old guess here and go with Simon!
0: Sarah, your guessing skills are on fire! You're right again! YES! OH MY GOD! I AM ON FIRE! GO ME! I thought those were really hard questions. I didn't think that you'd have a chance. But you have three whole points to your name. I'm so proud of you. Woo! Alright, so that's my spiel. I think this is a beautiful number. Here's not my father's son. Like, Billy Porter has to get in and out of makeup in this show. Oh my god! You didn't even think about that, huh? I did not think about that at first. Wow. He does this scene and then he goes away somewhere to put on a full face of makeup again. God
1: bless a good makeup team.
0: Oh, Billy Porter, sell it. Sell it to me. Yes! Let's make boots. Let's make boots. All right. So we had some real talk time in the bathroom. Yeah. Real talk bathroom time. We got all our feelings out. Mm-hmm. Charlie and Lola kind of have this new bromance, if you will. It's gonna blossom in a hot minute, but first, Charlie has some more shit to deal with, Sarah, because it never ends.
1: Never ends, especially not in a musical.
0: Charlie is brought outside by girlfriend Nicola because she wants him to meet with their boss, Richard. He's not an important character. He's just here to serve as a plot device. Okay. Nicola has an idea to pitch Charlie, Sarah. Oh dear. Nicola wants Charlie to sell the shoe factory and turn it into condos. What? Surprise! Are you kidding me? In fact... She is not kidding you. She has a whole plan drawn up. They have the contracts all arranged. They even have this weird, like, little poster that shows what the factory would maybe look like converted. It's wild. Get that gentrification out of here! And so, Charlie, pretty reasonably, is like, what the fuck, Nicola? Yeah! And Nicola tells him, actually, no, Charlie, this was your dad's idea. Like, you told your dad you ain't taking over the factory, and so he had a plan. This was his plan, and... Richard backs us up, right, we had several meetings, the contracts were mostly drawn up, this was gonna be a done deal, your dad was all for this. And Charlie's just like, I'm working my ass off and my dad didn't even believe in me. Oh my god. And so you know what, Charlie has a no moment, he's like, no, my dad (gasps) might not have believed in me, but I want to do this, I want to do this for me. Oh, Charlie! And so Charlie says, "No, we're not selling the factory." Yes, Charlie,
1: don't bow down to capitalism. And
0: Nicola's really mad. I feel like she calls him a joke, and this whole like drag shoe thing a joke. It gets real catty. But we don't have any time for that because the first pair oh. of shoes are coming off the line. Nicola's gonna leave, and that's just fine because we have kinky boots to get to, bitch. We got some kinky boots to deal with. Charlie refuses to sell the factory and right at that moment, Lola comes out and tells him, you have to come see the boots. We don't want to deal with the sadness because it's time for our act one finale, which is the number everybody say yeah about these damn new boots. And I don't have much to say about it, Sarah. It's fun. It's a you can't stop the beat of musical numbers. Oof. Bring it on. So with all that being said, here's the act one finale. Everybody say yeah. Charlie's very much on board the singing about shoes hype train now.
1: Yeah, I guess Charlie really likes singing about shoes now too. Like father, like son. Ho ho ho. Full circle.
0: But really, this chorus could maybe have a few more lyrics.
1: Nope, just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: He's gonna do the thing. No. Sharks.
1: <laughs> Shax.
0: show stop her. wow we did it Woo! we are
1: done with act one
0: so what do you think so far give me your thoughts
1: wow okay billy porter is a
0: god this show doesn't work without billy porter
1: yeah i can imagine very few people taking that place honestly i say very few people i can't think of anyone off the top of my head yeah
0: this is billy porter's role as far as i'm concerned
1: yeah i agree I wish it was more gay, but it's already pretty queer, so I'm okay with that.
0: (laughs) I think that's a reasonable review. Not as much gay as desired. More gay than expected. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's the end of Act 1. I do have to tell you that we're gonna take a quick break just to check in on our guest, get some water, go to the bathroom, all that great jazz. But my friends, we have so much to get to in Act 2. We have plot twists, we have shoes to make, we have friendships to ruin, and we have a bunch more questions to ask Sarah so that she can maybe be our newest Broadway Battles champion. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> you're definitely making a good start. You've got three points so far and a lot of questions left to get to in the second act. So we're going to take a quick break, but we'll see you after our short intermission for Act 2 of Kinky Boots. Hey there, everyone. It's Haley. I really hope you're enjoying the new episode of Broadway Battles. If you like what you're hearing and want to support us, I'm here to tell you a few ways you can do that. Engaging with the show by giving us 5 stars on iTunes, following us on Spotify, or sharing us on your own social media is a really easy and totally free way to get a seen by more people. Tell all your friends how cool you think we are. Or send us your favorite theater questions and episode requests by tagging me at Haley Slammon. If you have some extra spending money and want to keep the show running and improving, you can also subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Slammon. Joining the Patreon family is as little as a dollar a month and gets you exclusive bonus content like uncut episodes, scripts, pictures, and more. If you want better episodes more often, Patreon is the best place to make that happen and get yourself some cool perks at the same time. Thank you so much for listening to us and doing whatever you can to support the show. I know you probably get tired of hearing this, but really, every little bit of feedback and support does help, so thanks for dealing with the reminder. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Broadway Battles, where we're still covering kinky boots. When we last left off, we were making some boots. We were saving the factory. We were maybe getting married, but we were definitely making cool shoes for drag queens and going to the International Shoe Exhibition in Milan to show them off. Our lovely guest Sarah has racked up three points, and she's ready for some more questions and to get started back up. We open up act two back at the factory, and Lola's still having some trouble fitting in, you might say. Charlie is still really stressed about all of his baggage. He's fighting with Nicola. His factory still might be going under. It could be turned into condos and he's being the worst. He's being very (laughs) demanding. Yeah, Charlie at the end of act one, not the greatest. Charlie at the start of act two is even worse. Oh, God. He's asking (laughs) everyone to do way more than can be asked of a normal human. Also, while this is happening, you might remember the, we'll say lovingly, fat factory worker, Don, played by Daniel Uh Sherman. Him and his friends are also still harassing Lola all the time. And so at the start of act two, Lola's finally had enough. And she says to Don that he's just jealous of all the attention that Lola gets from ladies. And Don is kind of taken aback by this. He's shocked and he's like, what are you talking about? And so Lola slash Simon Gives him a lesson in what women actually want in a partner. He says, I love women. Oh I adore them. I know what women want in a relationship, and it's not you. And Lola <laughs> sings the song, What a Woman Wants. Is, oh, I'm so excited. Which is basically a sensitive, affectionate lover. Someone who gives them companionship. Empathy? And... Attractive? What? And Don doesn't believe it, right? Still doesn't believe it's He's like, you're full of crap. So Lola challenges Don. She says, write down something I need to do to be a real man and I'll do the same for you. Question number eight. What does Don write down that Lola has to do to be a real man? Is it A, leave town? B, find someone to go on a date with? C, challenge to a drinking contest? Or D, challenge to a boxing match? So, Don is asking Lola? Yes, Don is challenging Lola to do something to be a real man drinking match. Drinking contest? You're really close. But Uh, no, Don challenges Lola to a boxing match. Ah, That's going to be amazing. Oh my God. It's great. Don challenges Lola to boxing and doesn't know that Simon slash Lola is a trained professional boxer. So when Charlie hears about this fight from Lauren, he says, oh no. Oh no, And he immediately goes to stop the fight. He's like, this is going to be a bloodbath. The fight happens in this second song scene called In This Corner. All the drag queens and some of the women are on Lola's side. Don has his friends and a few gal pals on his side and they go to a boxing ring and really just throw down. Which brings us of course to question number nine, true or false? lola wins the fight um true of course you'd think that wouldn't you sarah what What? no why oh god so lola starts the match by just handing it to don don knows that he's beaten knows that he's not as competent but then lola throws the match Of course she does, because she's perfect. And after the fight, when everyone goes to the bar, there's a bunch of victory celebrations. Charlie's finally gotten there, and he talks to Lola and says, you know, this was a really shitty thing for you to do. We're so close to this international fair. And just gives her a bunch of garbage she doesn't need. Right. But, but then Don brings her a shot and is like, why did you throw the fight? To which Lola, of course, says, I didn't want you coming to work and feeling disrespected. <sighs> I love Lola. I love Lola. I love Lola. <laughs> I thought you might. Oh my God. This is also when Lola gives Don his challenge, which is accept someone for who they are oh and don don doesn't really understand what this challenge is supposed to mean or why it'll make him a man oh my god just says you know try it doesn't have to be me anyone go try it
1: i'm so excited it's
0: really just a beautiful touching moment so let's watch this wonderful chunk of fabulosity this is the song what a woman wants and in this corner were you ready for tango, Sarah?
1: <gasps> I was not ready for
0: tango! What a man! <laughs> what a man. Same! I'm her! What a man! <laughs> Please educate me, Billy.
1: Uh, I'm ready to go to school.
0: Yes! Like Same! I also bring a riding crop to work in my shoe. Oh!
1: Now I see the kinky boot! <laughs>
0: This is the number I listen to on its own most often, for sure. DANCING WITH THE WRITING crop, I'M DEAD! Yes, girls, yes! Yes, all of these girls here for Lola! Yeah, screw you, Don. You're a gross, sweaty man. So does Lola fight, cause she has this. Like I mean, this is a thing she owns. Maybe it's a character. Maybe she made it into a character. Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. Also, just again, really good staging. Really like how we yeah. got here. When did we even transition here? Honestly. Yes, yes. Charlie's such a dick. Worst boy. Yeah, he's an asshole. So back at the factory after all that happened, things are still in crisis again, Sarah. Of course. Someone goofed. Oh, God. There's not enough money to import all their shoes to Milan. They budgeted for everything else, but they forgot about the import fees. (gasps) Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. That is bad business. Who is
1: in charge of the business here? Who well, got that paperwork? Fire that person. Well, Lauren it's is Charlie, in charge here fire him.
0: and she blames Charlie because Charlie put Lauren, a person who's never done executive work, in charge of planning the Milan fashion show. And you know what? That is valid because you can't set someone up to fail. In this moment of crisis, our goddess Lola comes and offers that they could use her club girls, the angels, as models, like using the people who actually wear the shoes to model them.
1: Yeah. And Charlie
0: doesn't think this is a good idea. Charlie immediately says no. Damn it. Why? Because they're not professional.
1: I'm gonna murder Charlie.
0: Charlie starts to nitpick everything. He's just having like a little bit of a moment. So There's... he's a nightmare director. He really is a nightmare director. So he starts saying it. that the seams on the boots are crooked. He Oh my god. He starts telling people that they need to do things over again because this is for Milan. And just when all of this is going to shit, who should show up but Nicola? Oh, God. Nicola's mad because to pay for everything else, not the import fees, by the way, because we're still out those money. Charlie has put a mortgage on their new flat in London and didn't Uh tell Nicola about it. Uh Needless to say, Nicola's a little bit upset. I mean, okay, that's kind of valid, but I still hate her. Also, while this whole fight is going on, Charlie notices that Nicola has bought the shoes that he was supposed to buy for their wedding. And he points it out to her and she asks him, how long was I supposed to wait? Yeah. Right? Like she's kind of in the right here. She tells him one more time that she's leaving for London and she isn't coming back. But Charlie doesn't go with her, so she kind of gives him that kiss on the cheek. This was where the So Long Charlie song went, clearly. But it's not there anymore. She just bounces. Bye, Nicola. So once this fight is over, of course it's time for Charlie and Lola to fight. Because while Charlie was talking to Nicola, Lola went and canceled all the models for the show. (gasps) So Charlie now wants the shoes on women instead and says Lola should stop hiding herself and that she should be like mainstream and respected as a designer. Are you kidding me? Charlie's the worst boy. I told you he gets worse in act two. Oh my God. So he says this to Lola, be more mainstream. And Lola has a comeback at him. Drag is already mainstream, which leads us to question number 10. Lola has this job offer that she tells him, drag is mainstream, I got this job offer. What job offer has Lola gotten to prove drag (sighs) is mainstream? Okay. Is it A, at a golf course, B, at a nursing home, C, at a bar mitzvah, or D, at a wedding? Um. Oh, I'll give you one more clue even. It's in a small town just down the road. Golf course, nursing home, bar mitzvah or wedding in a small town just down the road, which one might be a mainstream drag performance?
1: My reason for guessing this is because my parents live in a small town and the main attraction there is a golf course. So
0: I'm going to guess golf course. I'm so sorry to tell you, Sarah, just not correct. God dang it. Lola's actually performing at a nursing home. Oh my goodness. Just down the road in Clacton, actually. We'll get there in a little bit.
1: Okay.
0: But for now, Charlie has some real, real nasty things to say. Charlie gets really low. He says that Simon should stop hiding behind drag and live a normal life. Fuck you, Charlie! Lola tells him that he doesn't really understand anything that he's talking about. And she's about to leave, and he just adds one more little cherry on top.
1: No! Simon!
0: When you show up to the airport, (gasps) make sure you look like your passport picture. Oh,
1: I hate him. He's a homophobe. Goodbye, boy.
0: So yeah, after this happens, who's left to get mad at? Cause Lola storms out. She's done. I don't blame her. Yeah, no, but there's the factory workers too. Charlie just has no one left. He's super upset, and so he blows up at the factory workers. Do the seams again. The seams are still crooked, and they can't take it anymore. They're working on a Saturday to get this show done, and they leave. They walk out. Good. So Charlie's left alone in a factory with a bunch of half-made shoes for a fashion show, and he kind of realizes that he is the worst. Yeah, he is. So what's left to do when you're the worst but sing in a musical? True. So Charlie sings Charlie's soliloquy reprise and soul of a man and you might think that's s-o-u-l but it's not it's s-o-l-e because he's talking about shoes because he's talking about his dad only shoes but these two songs i would really categorize as the ya done fucked up song okay i like that ya done fucked up the like rock bottom number the i have nowhere else to go so i gotta go up before the end of the show maybe Yeah. yeah I also feel like this would be a really good time to point out that Brendan Urie also played this role on Broadway, and he sings hey, that- a very, very good version of this song.
1: That was the only thing I knew coming in to hear was that Brendan Urie played some character. I cannot believe he played Charlie. This is giving me. Very conflicted feelings. What the heck?
0: I mean, honestly, I would listen to Brendan Urie sing anything, so I'm fine with him playing Charlie. Can we watch
1: Brendan Urey later? Yes. Excellent.
0: But for now, let's take a look at this blow up scene and yes. also listen to Charlie Sulla the Queer Priest, and Soul Ugh. of a Man. I tried in vain now. No. It's I mean, no, throwing
1: away your entire life for this factory probably is not the best idea. His but it makes a good story. story.
0: Thing. Legacy. Yeah, but he didn't want it. That's the thing. I mean, I think maybe he does now.
1: All I can think about is how Brendan Urie would sound singing this song. <laughs> See,
0: so the versions of Brendan Yuri singing this song aren't fully staged. They're just like him on a stage. Oh. And so I wanted to give the show like the full benefit. No, you- you're right. But no, he sings it great. It's so good. I am the shoe. I am the broken shoe. Wait, did he say that? He says, I am that broken heel, unsteady and ready, ready to drop. Oh my God. There's so many shoes. Two metaphors. So there we go, Charlie has his own pity party, he's hit rock bottom, but it doesn't last very long because who should show back up but Lauren, and Lauren has a couple things to tell him. Lauren tells Charlie while they're outside the factory that her dad died. But so when she went to collect his things, she had a moment where she realized that the things a man leaves behind aren't things. And she tells Charlie to come back inside because everyone's actually back in the factory and doing the work. Lauren then tells Charlie that the reason everyone's actually back is because Don has convinced them and that Don's challenge to accept someone for who they are, he's decided to accept Charlie for who he is.
1: Don, come on!
0: He's trying! Why are you to make the horse boy? Well, because in addition to getting everyone back to work, Don also convinces everyone to give back last month's paychecks so that they have the money to go to the Milan show. What the hell? Don is really working. He's pulling it in for Charlie because he realizes I why know. he's doing this. Okay, Don, you're you're not bad. I guess. I'm confused. So Don and Charlie have this broment, if you will. And after a quick scene transition, it's time to go to Milan. But Lola isn't there and isn't picking up her phone.
1: Yeah, because Charlie was a jerk.
0: Charlie calls again and apologizes. And we have this moment where he's like talking into a voicemail. It's pretty nice and very heartfelt. But then we transition to Lola singing at her nursing home event and she's singing the song Hold Me In Your Heart. Oh my god, it's another showstopper. Billy Porter's just singing his heart out, Sarah. In a nursing home? Yep. And plot twist. This is also the nursing home where his father is. Because apparently his father has not died of lung cancer. He just has lung cancer. So Lola has a very touching moment with her father where she kisses his cheek... And tells him she loves him and they have that familial communication. So let's take a listen to this heartfelt showstopper and watch all these cheesy feel-goods. Here is Hold Me In Your Heart. Look, I don't have words. I just want Billy Porter to sing to me.
1: Please, just sing me to sleep.
0: All right, I will say the one sleeve. I'm not sure if I like it, but it's a look. I love things like that. Anything <laughs> that feels major flow
1: and drama like that. I'm oh just my gonna God, throw my sleeves. I wish that there was more fabric on the sleeve so that could be sleeves. like a big, flowing type thing.
0: Oh. Yes.
1: Hit it, Billy. Yes. Ugh. Oh, yes! Ah, Billy Porter! Love of my life.
0: Wow. Tell him about it, Billy Porter. Oh, Billy. But we don't have any more time for father-son reconnections because it's showtime in Milan. Right, of course. And we still somehow don't have models because Charlie (laughs) is backstage getting ready to model the shoes himself. (laughs) So that goes about as well as you'd expect it to. Yep. And Charlie falls on his ass on stage in front of everyone. But, never fear, Lola is here to save the day. And she makes it clear that she's here for one thing and one thing only, Sarah. What? Adulation! Yes! So Lola comes to bask in her designer glory, and she also takes us out with our finale. Our final song is called Raise You Up slash Just Be. Okay. And it's just a happy, peppy, you can't stop the beat, be yourself energy number. And we're going to show off these boots. I'm very excited. But before we do that, there's one question for you. Oh my God. The last question about our show plot. Question number 11. Yes or no? Do Charlie and Lauren get together at the end of the show? Oh my god. This goes back to my rejected point. Ah. Oh. Yes, I think they do. Well, I'm happy to tell you that you've given into those uh. musical theater cliches because yes. <laughs> now that Nicola has made it very clear that she's not gonna wait for Charlie and that they're done charlie actually asks lauren hey you're the person that always stood by me and like told me when to get my shit together i think you make me a better person do you want to go out and lauren now that she's waited you know two and a half hours of show hasn't been a homewrecker she gets her happy ending and that's like one of the last little cute romance points of the show there's your love story tied up something for everyone even the straights.
1: even the (laughs) straights.
0: here's the finale raise you up slash just be How much do you want to bet that she made friends with the stage manager and the stage manager's like, Yes, you can do whatever. I'm immediately sold. Yes! Yes! Oh, I love these! Yeah, this is everything. Here's your earworm. Ah, they're so cute! They're
1: all so cute!
0: I'm dancing. Oh, it's a really good number. What are you doing, Don? We're having fun. Except Don for who he is.
1: You're right. You're right. Accept on for who he is. No, just sit back down. Just sit back down. No, he feels the spirit. He has the rhythm,
0: Sarah. All right, Sarah, you made it to the end of the show. Woo! I did it! Is it catchy? Is it every musical cheese thing you wanted?
1: It is absolutely catchy. It is very cheesy,
0: and I enjoyed it, and I am proud to say that. Well, before I get the rest of your thoughts, I have a few more things just to say about the critical reception because I thought this might be of interest to you. Yes. So when it appeared on Broadway, everyone thought it was, you know, empowering and cheery and great, but it was too cliche and commercial. No one really (laughs) liked Harvey Fierstein's script. They thought it was just too tropey. I mean, I don't disagree. I just think they didn't get it, right? During the awards season, everyone thought it was going to lose out to Matilda. That was the show that was set to win all the things. Heck yeah. But once we got to the awards season, and once Kinky Boots opened and had some time to like get its hype up, it actually ended up doing very well for itself. At the Drama League Awards, it won Distinguished Production, and it also won three Outer Circle Awards for Best New Musical, Best New Score, and Outstanding Actor. Billy Porter also won a Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Actor, because how can you not give Billy Porter all the awards?
1: You're right. You're absolutely right.
0: None of those awards are the awards you care about. We care about the Tonys, right? Uh, Yeah. Then question number 12. How many Tonys... Did Kinky Boots win? Now, I have some multiple choice answers for you. However, if you want to just stab and take a guess and you get it right, instead of just getting one point for your correct answer, I will give you five points.
1: Okay, okay. I'm going to take a guess because I have a number in my head and I don't know if it's right, but my gut is telling me to say this number. So I feel like I heard it from somewhere and it's just been in my mind because like I watched the Tony. So realistically, mine somewhere in the past knows how many. any. Probably
0: seen this. I think it's six. That's what my brain is telling me. You're stabbing for six? Sarah, it's yeah. six. <gasps> oh my god, I was right! Oh, yeah! Oh, I'm so proud of you. You really did store that brain fact in there for a while. <laughs> yes! I just scared the cat and he jumped like four feet in the air and I don't care. Oh, Ooh. I was so awesome. All right. Well, that's gonna put you over the edge for Broadway Battles Champion. Hey. So in fact, the show was nominated for 13 Tony nominations, which ended up being the most for any show of that season. It also did win six, the most again for any show that season. God. And because I have them, let's rack them off. It won Best Musical, Best Actor for Billy Porter, Best Score, Best Choreography, Best Sound Design, and Best Orchestration. I also think it's very important to note that Cindy Lauper was the first woman to win best score on her own, AKA with no male partner. And a further fact, only two women have ever done this. Oh. And even further of a fun fact, there's a bonus question, Sarah. Ugh. If you can give me the name of the woman who won best score or the show that she won it for, I will give you an extra bonus <gasps> point. You can round your total oh. up to 10. Was it Hades Town? It is Hades Town, Sarah. <laughs> You're on a roll. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> In between, Cindy Lopper and Anias Mitchell winning for Town. there was no other woman who won best score on her own. I would like to give an honorable mention, however, to Janine Tesori and Lisa Cron because they were an all female duo that won best score for Fun Home. Only seven women have ever won best score though, even with male partners. So really we need more female writers is the moral of the story. Yes, we do. Women get on Broadway, do stuff i also just have a few fun facts about the soundtrack before we get into our critical analysis it was released on may 28th of 2013 by the masterworks broadway label and it was the best charting cast album since book of mormon two years before that in 2011 sex is in the heel was also the first song from broadway to be on the billboard top 10 club hits in 25 years
1: so wait you were serious whenever you said it was a club hit it was really I a club you were hit. Joking.
0: no like this did really well in the clubs this was on the same billboard list as like rihanna
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny
0: yeah so it's a musical that people generally really liked it lasted on broadway for a little bit and it seems like you liked it so let's talk about that i would like to get into the songs and i really want to know what you think the best song is and why i think it was the last one it had me dancing are you generally a sucker for a cheesy ending Yeah, I mean, if
1: I'm already watching a cheese musical and I'm already there, like, better drive that
0: cheese home. I feel it. I can't blame you for wanting the perfect cheesy topping to your cheesy end. Yeah. But that's not even my favorite song. I think my favorite song is What a Woman Wants. Oh my god, wait. Oh my god. Because I'm just a sucker for a tango. Uh, And every Billy Porter song is amazing.
1: Yeah. Okay, no, but I still do like the last song best because of like all of the tech and stuff and that
0: split catwalk. Yeah, it's really great, right? So we've given our roses, but Sarah, what's your worst song? What's your least favorite song and why?
1: Soul of a Man. It's a shoe pun. I, I hate it. Wow, <laughs> even when
0: Brendan Urie sings it? Well, I don't
1: know. See, it's my least favorite now. It's a song made up of a pun and I hate it. And it like tries to be really serious and it uses shoe puns to try and be serious and I'm just sitting there like, IT'S A SHOE!
0: <laughs> okay, that's definitely fair. I think for me though, the worst crime is actually just being completely irrelevant. For me, the least favorite song has gotta be Take What You Got. And so here's why. One, you probably don't even remember what Take What You Got was, because it was the second song when we were still trying to set up the plot, except it's a single song with a character you never see again. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's that song in the bar. Wait, who was- he took his shoe off and- the bar but really that character is a nothing character right he's why? just there to be why a plot is that device there? for charlie to sell his shoes and so we can't just have him be a plot device for charlie to sell his shoes and so they need to have a song that's my rationale for it it adds very little like it's just a plot device to get him from point a to point b and they try to hide that in a song and so that's why i think it's the worst song even though i like the song
1: i yeah i i agree there yeah that irritates me i forgot about the song
0: well i'm sorry to bring up an irritant before i ask you my next question because my next question is actually gonna be what's your one to ten rating for this show
1: one to ten rating um hmm. okay so what i'm debating in my head how serious i should take charlie's homophobic comments
0: you know it's a hard mentality To unlearn and that Charlie does, yeah,
1: I just don't like shows mentioning it and like, which I know is silly. I'm just like, man, couldn't you find some other pain in the world to exploit other than gay pain? We already have a lot of pain,
0: I I guess, but also, many
1: people in theater are gay, so you
0: know, I feel like there's stories that are important to be told,
1: which is why I'm going to give it a higher score of a seven because, like. Even if I don't think the apology was great, he apologized at the end and Lola forgave him. So
0: (laughs) right, that's her choice. Uh,
1: Yeah. And so I think that though they use gay pain, many people use gay pain and I will continue watching gay pain because it does bring me entertainment, whether I like it or not.
0: (laughs) Fair enough well for me i have to tell you this is my if not my absolute favorite show one of the nearest and dearest shows to my heart this show is probably one of my tens oh really the reason being not because it is a perfect show but for me it executes everything i want out of a musical solid themes good costumes smooth transitions great acting great songs great choreo it's the full package for me but i would like to state that this is a 10 for me because i think billy porter carries this show and i got to see it <laughs> in its entirety with billy porter i don't know it's if this incredible. show is as good with anyone else but like i loved how this show played out on stage and mm, i loved watching it i couldn't get enough it's my 10
1: See, I was not enamored with Stark Sands. Uh, he's a good actor, and I enjoyed how he played Charlie, but, like, I wasn't attached to him, I Does think that make that's
0: sense? fair. I think everyone can have different attachments to characters, and that's like why we have good conversations. I really like his struggle of trying to save his legacy, but also like help his friends because they rely on this thing.
1: I think I am going to
0: like Charlie a lot more once I watch Brendan Yuri sing. You know, that's fair. <laughs> he could probably sell you on like any character. And then our final question, just to finish us off with some final thoughts, what would you pay to see this?
1: Oh, this is an interesting question to have on the show.
0: I like this question on the show. Do you think that this can be pulled off by like a community theater? Because right, some shows definitely can.
1: It would depend on the production team of the community theater, because I think it could be, but you need to have someone very talented at faking those shoes, because obviously no one is going to create shoes like
0: Broadway, I'm sure did sure but like would you pay to see a touring company like would community be good enough for you would you go to broadway
1: in an ideal world if i had time and money at the same time i would do this yeah uh, and i'm kind of kicking myself that i didn't because i had a chance to go see this for free and i didn't oh you missed out i missed out i really did
0: the show, so you know you're right full circle everything works out there is a Broadway HD version. If you can't spend the $200, you should spend the $14.99. If you have the $200 for a Broadway ticket, this is definitely a show that is worth your time to go and see the production value.
1: Just the idea of spending $200 on a ticket, like instantly in my mind is like, what do I need to pay off? What do I need to get to, you know, live as a person? Like, and that just gives me too much anxiety. <laughs> but, but I would absolutely totally see a touring production.
0: Process though, <laughs> Everyone's uh, yeah. allowed to have different needs and one out of their theater price. So do you have any thoughts about this feel-good show before we finish it out?
1: I just want to just rain love on that costume designer. Just imagining the work that gets poured into that show. I'm getting chills thinking about it. That would be so much fun. Yeah, let me work for you. I will be a costume assistant. Please let me.
0: Okay. I I do more than stage manage. (laughs) Well, I think that's a pretty good transition into our shameless plug section. Sarah, since you took all the time and energy to be on this show, is there anything you'd like to tell the love lovely audience about that you do
1: well I am actually not on social media professionally yet that is still in the works as far as shows coming up I am going to be working on Chicago at Chicago high school for the arts shy arts that is going to go up I believe in April And one last thing, I am a company member with The Artistic Home. It is a theater company in Chicago. We are celebrating 20 years and we are actually moving. So if you have some spare change and you feel like supporting a theater that is finding a new home in Chicago, we are still holding classes in January. Go ahead and check it out at theartistichome.org.
0: All right, I'll be sure to post those links down in the description of this as well. If you want to find out more about the work I do, you can follow me at Haley Slammon on Instagram and Twitter. I'm also at Haley Slammon on Facebook. And you can check out my website, HaleySlammon.com, to find all those links if you don't want to click around and search all those individual sites. HaleySlammon.com is kind of the hub you can go to to check out all of that work. If you want to help the show, the best thing you can do for free is just engage with us. Recommend us to your friends, review us on any site you listen to, share us on your own social media. Any little bit of engagement really helps us in that algorithmic climb to the top. If you want to financially support us, you can do so on patreon.com slash Slammon It's as little as a dollar a month and there's lots of bonus content like uncut episodes, pictures, scripts, and more. Whatever I really feel like posting for my special followers. We officially have hosting fees for this show now, so any money you give us is really going directly back into the show to just keep it up, make it better, and give as much good content as we can to you guys. So be sure to check it out. Once again, it's patreon.com slash Haley Slammon. We're still putting out shows once a month but we're always looking to put out more good content for you guys so keep following us keep rating and telling us you like it and we'll do the best we can to give you the best content we can. Next month is actually going to be a special episode so in December catch us with a very special musical game and a new Broadway Battles challenge that you've never seen before but we'll be back with the same old format and a brand new musical and new guest in January of the new year if you're looking forward to that as well. Before we take off I just want to thank Sarah one more time for coming on and sharing her time and taking this Broadway Battles challenge with me. Would you believe that you walked away the new Broadway Battles champion with 10 points?
1: This is the exact opposite of what I thought was gonna happen. When you said theater failure,
0: I was like, yeah, that's gonna be me. Oh god, what have I done? Well, exactly. You proved your theater skills. You're truly a woman of many talents and I'm so glad (sighs) you got to come on and share that. Thank you. I am so glad that we got to do this together. Well, I really hope that we can have you on again really soon and i'm really glad that you had fun thank you so much again of course and please teach me more musicals oh i'd be happy to and i'd also be happy to teach you whoever you are about another new musical the next time you listen to broadway battles thank you so much again for listening because we can't do it without your help until next time this is Haley slamming and you've been listening to broadway battles take care bye bye everyone